you are enough. You are chosen. You are worthy. You are precious. You are important. And today is your day. Don't forget to start the day waking with the word. Hi everybody. Welcome to another episode of Waking with the Word. Whichever time of day it is that you are listening to this, I hope you get a lot out of this new series. This new series is called Keeping the Faith. It may be slightly different to what you expect from that title, but I hope as we talk through Keeping the Faith, you will begin to see how these talks fit that title and perhaps even answer the question of how can we keep the faith through our whole lives, through every hardship and every jubilation, through every year getting older and through every childish moment. Sometimes we can look at our faith and we can line it up with intellectualism, with scientific discovery with the opinions of other people or with life experience and events that happen and it can seem impossible it can seem like a fairy tale so many things that have happened in my life I look back upon and I think (laughs) if I told people which I often do because I have a big mouth they would say Emily that's impossible. You're crazy. I have people who live around me, family members, friends, people who have lived my life out with me, and they can say, no, no, it's all true. And yet sometimes I still find myself thinking, why is life so hard sometimes? Or why do we struggle so much sometimes? Or I find myself on those days, those times where life is so much easier, perhaps not spending the same amount of time in deep yearning to be close to him. Now, I am very grateful that as I have walked with him, the yearning within me to know him has been present and deep, even in the fabulous times as much as in the hard times. And I am absolutely certain that because that yearning for him and that real deep desire to be, I just want to know him, has kept me in the hard times because I've prepared myself when the times have been more jubilant, more easy. But it is so very often that when we don't need something as much, that we don't struggle for it as much. My uncle has COPD. He struggles to take in oxygen and he realises that it is gone and he all the time is struggling to take in oxygen. My nan, who is 91 and bed bound, has 98% oxygen. My uncle has something like 82. She doesn't struggle for oxygen. She doesn't really care about her breathing or talk about her breathing there's there's no talk about it because it's not something she struggles with unless she has a chest infection 
so she can go about her daily life, even though she's bedbound, without that struggle, like many of us. But when something is missing, when we are struggling, it becomes all that more important to us. And it seems that in life, when joy is missing, peace is missing, maybe healing is missing, all the things that we attribute God to be and to give us, when those things are missing, then we begin often to seek him more. These things begin to serve to bring us closer to God or to inspire us to seek God more. And of course we know that what God would love is that we have that heart that when things are good or bad, he has become so precious to us that we just want a relationship with him. That it becomes to us the pearl of greatest price. My mum always talks about how she wanted him to be the pearl of greatest price to her. She says that you can take everything from her. You can malign her and shame her, but you can never take her, Lord. And when I was very young, I remember sitting in the car with her and crying over a certain incident. And she turned to me and she said, Emily, never let anybody take your Lord from you. And she didn't mean don't let someone stop you believing in him. But what she meant was, don't let anything become so big that you ever think that he is not there for you. Don't let anyone ever damage you to the point where you ever think that he has not put his arms around you and loved you more than that, that he is not within you, that he is not able, that he is not there in all of his fullness. And as I have grown up, she has often said to me, God needs to become bigger in you. God needs to become bigger in you. At times when I have been upset and hurt or damaged, because if we have him as the pearl of greatest price, he is the one who does not move. He is the rock on which we can stand. He is the father who said I'm everlasting. He is the very prince of peace who reigns forever. He is the almighty God that can do all things and even the impossible. He is my forever friend. He is my saviour. He is king of kings. He is Lord of Lords, and yet he is so personal to me. My dear, dear friend, Rachel, our prayer pastor, said to me once, do you know, God is so big that he holds the whole world in his hand, and yet he's so small that he knows how the ant is made. He knows every speck of dust. The Bible says he counts every grain of sand on the sea shore and every hair on yours or my head. That's how small he is. That's how detailed he is. That's how minute God is. Pastor John Pike who was a teacher in our ministry many years ago, preached a sermon once. I was very young, but he said about David and Goliath, with a target so big, how could David miss it? A lot of people would have come up to Goliath and saw a mountain, 
they would have saw a big towering warrior, an impossible thing that could not be achieved. But David puts a stone in a sling and he says, you come to me with a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord, my God. And that little tiny stone is launched into the air and hits just the right place on the head of mighty warrior Goliath and the giant tumbles. You see, for God, it doesn't matter how big or how small the circumstance is. It doesn't matter if you have a massive target, a massive mountain, a massive warrior, or if you have a very detailed circumstance that must be done just right. He is big enough and he is small enough. Because you see, he is the beginning and he is the end. He is the alpha and he is the omega. He is the author and the finisher of my faith and of your faith. In the beginning, there was God. That's what the Bible says. In the beginning, there was God. And at the beginning of this series called Keeping the Faith, we start with the one who started the faith, God. And I want to talk to you through this series about how every single part of this series and every single part of a life of faith, of a life which includes faith, of a life in which you want to have anything to do with faith, begins, lives out every single day and finishes with God. In the church, we often talk about, should we be serving? Should we be inviting people into the church? How do we witness? I want to say to you, God, 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 God. We often put our eyes on the ministry or eyes on the message. But you know, our eyes should be on the Messiah. We often talk so much about the good news. But you know what? We need to talk about the one who created the good news. The good news flows from a relationship with him whose feet stood upon those mountains. You know, there is a verse in the Bible and it says, I know my redeemer lives. And it talks about how one will stand on the mountains and proclaim good news. Do you know in Revelation, when John bows down to the angel, the angel says, get up. Because only God is to be worshipped. When the rich young ruler came to Jesus, he, he knelt down and Jesus said, he says to Jesus, good teacher. Jesus says, only God is good. Only God is good. So when you ask, what should we be doing? What is good to do? How do we witness in a good way? How do we serve in a good way? How do we share our faith in a good way? Is it better to have them come into the church or us to go out? Should we be praying or should we be working? The answer is God. And that might not make too much sense right now, but as we go through this series, I hope together we will begin to see that in him is every answer to every question about keeping the faith, whether it's keeping the faith within yourself or keeping the faith in your family or keeping the faith with your gifts or keeping the faith with the people that God has given you.
Keeping the faith as a testimony. Keeping the faith, getting it right, doing it well. Joyce Meyer once told a story of a famous preacher whose wife died and he turned to Joyce apparently said, Joyce, pray that I get this right. And as I've walked with God and as he's refined me and as he's taught me and as he's changed me, I've realised what that means. You see, when you become friends with him, there's a great responsibility because you know him. You know him and therefore you know that you don't have to be emotional. You know that you don't have to lose it. You know, you know your redeemer lives. You know he holds your hand. You know who takes care of you. And more than that, not just who, you know him. And so that changes who you are. It's like perhaps a child. You know, Jesus said we must come to him like children. But that wasn't just a coming and a being naive or a coming and a just waiting on him like a child. It's a coming and having that confidence in him that a child has when father or mother or parent, whoever it may be, guardian, says to that child, do not be afraid. I am with you. The child may still be afraid, but they will look at their parent and they will say it's okay because they're here. It's okay because they're here. They will remind themselves. They will tell themselves. They will teach themselves. They will hold that hand. They will look at that person and they will expect that person to take care of them. In the Psalms, we are told time and time again how David spoke to himself. Why are you cast down? Oh, my soul, hope thou in God. David kept the faith because he brought it back to God every single time. Paul kept the faith because he brought it back to God every single time. He said, love never fails. These things remain, faith, hope and love, but the greatest of these is love. Do you know that God is faith? That word faith means pistis, which is from the Hebrew, which means persuasion. It's another word for trust and for confidence, but it's the inbirthing of persuasion inside a human being that can only come because God has spoken directly into their spirit and ignited that trust. So that faith is God. Hope is God. Hope thou in God. And then, love. John says, God is love. Paul remembered that God would never fail him. Jesus brought it back to God. He kept going alone to pray to God, to seek God, to talk to God, sometimes all night long. And Jesus was the one who was doing miracles, who was teaching, who we often base our Christian life on because we are taught that he is an example. And we are told that he came to give a message and that message was what the father was like. So we emulate him and we look up to him and he is the Messiah. But he kept the faith by living out every second of his life with God. He even said, I do nothing but what I see my father do. Keeping the faith is doing what we see 
our Father do. God is not a God that tells us to do something, but a God that asks us to follow him. Let me say that again. God is not a God who tells us to do something, but a God that asks us to follow him. And one more time, God is not a God that tells us to do something, but a God that asks us to follow him. Follow my example. He says it in the Old Testament, be ye holy as I am holy. He says it in the New Testament when we are told to follow Jesus's example. Come and follow me. In Hebrews, he talks. Paul, we believe, wrote Hebrews and he talks about the great men of faith. Paul talks about following his example and following Jesus's example because Paul followed Jesus's example. A life of obedience. And Jesus followed his father. Jesus led a life of obedience. And the centurion soldier that comes up to Jesus, he knew this. He knew that Jesus did not just do things of his own accord, with his own power, for his own decisions. He knew that Jesus was not asking himself, hmm, what is good? What should I do? Jesus was a man under authority. This is what the, the centurion soldier says. He says, I too, I like you, Jesus, am a man under authority. I say, come, and they come. He's talking of his Roman legions. I say to my soldiers, come, and they come. I tell them, go, and they go. And he was saying to Jesus, Jesus, you, you're under authority as well. Whose authority? God's. But you have power. And you say, come, and they come. And go, and they go. Come, follow me, people, come. They told the demons to go, and sickness to go, and they went. He also sent out the disciples. My point here is that because Jesus was under the authority of God, because Jesus did only what he saw his father doing, because he was so, 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 so determined to hear God's voice, to know what God wanted, it gave him authority and power on earth to do that thing which God wanted done. So when he spoke, things happened. When he prayed, things happened. Where he lived, things happened. When he died, things happened. And still, things are happening now because he lived a life under authority. So in every part of my life, in every place that I am, on every day that I live, my prayer is that I will live under God's authority and therefore because he is who he is I will have a life of authority and in all of these things every single one I will keep the faith I will live the faith my life will show the faith and things will happen this is the first day of the new series, Keeping the Faith. We are going to talk about keeping the faith, why we should keep the faith, a little bit, we'll talk about that, a little bit. But we're going to talk about how God pours himself out to us according to who he is, according to who we are. 
We're going to talk about what that means in regards to keeping the faith for ourselves in our personal life, with perhaps the church or people around us, the greater society, our families, our business life, our jobs, our mental health, our emotional health, our physical health, and as many things as the Father brings for us to talk about it in, in trials, in tribulations, in jubilation. Join me tomorrow where we'll talk some more. God bless. If you would like to support our work, you can find details at info at comebacktogod.org.